Triple, aka Twiz. They got a lot of nicknames with the homie Disciple, aka Mark. And welcome to the Two Quarters Podcast for y'all youngins who don't know. When it comes to gaming, back in our day, we had to add two quarters to go into the arcade and play any game that we wanted, unless it's like seventy-five cents or a dollar. But most times, you needed two quarters to do gaming. Whereas today, you have it on PC, console, or mobile. Got a lot of options. With us, it's not just us guys, there's a lot of us, you know, who will be on this podcast who we enjoy gaming, you know what I'm saying? And we wanted a platform of our own just to talk about gaming and everything from culture to enjoyment to you name it, you know what I'm saying? So we'll start with you, Mark, man. Introduce to the people who you are in. How did you get into gaming? What's going on, y'all? Um, my real name is Mark August. Uh I'm also a Christian hip hop artist. I go by the stage name Disciple Di, um, but it is no secret for anybody who knows me as a person, um, not as an artist, but as a person that I've been passionate about gaming since I was like eight years old. Um, how I, you said how I got into gaming? Yeah. Well, it was it's actually a funny story. Well, not a funny story, but. The first video game I ever saw, like ever witnessed was when I was like eight. I went over to my cousin's house and I, I'll never forget it. I walked in and they were playing. All I saw was this image on the screen, screen of a motorcycle riding through like the country. And, my, and, you know, they had this big, huge, like old school CRT TV, the kind of TV with the buttons on the right side that look like a telephone keypad. That's how you change wow. the channel. <laughs> this was back in the eighties. And I walked in and they were playing this game called Hang On on the Sega Master System. So it wasn't too much longer after that, that my, my father actually bought me a Nintendo Entertainment System. He bought me an NES. That was the first console I ever owned. Um, and I was eight at the time. And, you know, at first, being young, it was like, okay, I got a video game system. I'll be good. But it wasn't long before I got bored of playing the same game every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when birthdays and Christmases came around, my parents bought me more NES games. And from there, I just became a fan of gaming. I mean, there, there were times in my life where I put it down because of life circumstances. But I've, 
you know, I, I never really could ignore how passionate I was about gaming. I've owned every console except for the Sega Saturn and the Sega CD. I think those are the only two consoles. Oh, and the, okay, the Sega Saturn, the Sega CD, the Panasonic 3D on the Atari Jaguar I've never owned. But other than that- You had a Turbo Graphics? I didn't have a Turbo Graphics either. Okay. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. I didn't have a Turbo Graphics. The, the, the consoles I have owned, an NES, a Super NES, a Genesis, a PS1, an N64. I had a 32X at one point. Um, I did have a 32X at one point. Um, PS2, original Xbox, GameCube, PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS4, and my latest console is a PS5. So I was one of the lucky ones to actually get a PS5. And thanks to thanks to Antoine here, I actually built my first gaming PC a few years ago. Right now, my, my latest project is to upgrade it. And I'm hoping that by Christmas, I have an even better gaming PC setup. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I got my start in the gaming. I played everything from fighting games to sports games. But I think my favorite genre is actually first-person shooters. Um, my favorite genre is first-person shooters. My second favorite genre is action games in general. Um, and my favorite video game of all time, of all time, is the original Metal Gear Solid from 1998 on PS1. There is not a single game that's better than me. That, that game changed my life. So wow. that's pretty much my background in gaming as a, in a nutshell. Funny enough, you introduced me to first-person shooters. Well, reintroduced me. So I started with Wolfenstein 3D. Back yeah, in the yeah. mid '90s, killed that game uh, literally and figuratively, and I yeah. retired from it because it got too realistic for me. But you, you said, "Nah, dude, you got to get Modern Warfare 3. I oh yeah, scared up my mind. Didn't know what I was doing in the campaign, but once I got into it, I've been a fan ever since. For like, sheesh, what was that? 2013. Yeah, and and Call of Duty is getting to the point where it's getting a little predictable, but you know. I mean, like the Call of Duty Vanguard, um, Call of Duty Vanguard got guard got a uh, got announced or whatever. And I played the, I played the Alpha. I haven't pre-ordered it yet, but I'm pretty sure I end up buying it. I mean, I, I buy Call of Duty every year, so. <laughs> Was that catching at 2K or Madden? You know. Right. So. For me, I got my start in gaming when I was four years old, way back. Mm. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That's how you had one of those. My uncle had it. Oh wow! My parents had the Atari Seventy Eight Hundred. Yeah, it was still working. They threw it away. I was mad about that, and I was in high school. I wish I had it still, honestly, with the joystick that would cramp your hands up. That's mm -hmm. so. And I remember the first mm -hmm. game I ever played was the Twenty Six Hundred version of Pac Man. With the washed out mm. colors and Pac-Man only went one direction throughout the maze. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then my parents got a Send 800 and had Pole Position 2, Miss Pac-Man, and um, I think it was Magic versus Bird Basketball, where you fouled someone, the guy came out and mopped the floor mad at you. So, you, you. You took it back with that. Yeah. That's crazy. Way back. And then I got a Nintendo Entertainment System in like 1991, I'm aging myself. Uh, it was the Mario Brothers one and Duck Hunt Cole cartridge. So I had that's what I had. Yep. Yeah, I had a, the two controllers and a zapper. And at first, mm -hmm. I was allowed to play every day, but it got so bad my grades were slipping, like DMX, oh, wow. you know, slipping, the falling. <laughs> you know, uh, my parents say you only play on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Um, as long as your yeah. homework is done, and I would play all weekend, but Monday through Thursday was homework, you know what I'm saying? School um, homework. Yeah, yeah. I still have that discipline today. My work work just done first, done my game. So for me, so Nintendo had that for years. And I mm. didn't stay with Nintendo. Once the Sega Genesis came out, they saw mm. Sonic the Hedgehog. I liked the attitude of Sonic. So ended up getting the Sega Genesis in like 94 or 95. Love, or Sonic. Love Sonic. Yeah. yeah. So my first, I had like a few games. Miss Pac-Man was the first game I had for Genesis. Uh, and actually I had that before I even got a Genesis because my mom originally got it from my uncle. But he didn't want to play Miss. No, he they got it because my uncle had Miss Pac-Man on the Genesis. My my parents loved Pac-Man, so we had the game. Mm. And it'll work on the Game Gear. Like they had a Game Gear first, but didn't realize it wasn't the same thing. So I ended up getting a Genesis later on. So it was Nintendo, then there's a Sega Game Gear, then a Sega Genesis. I had Miss Pac-Man, Sonic One, uh, I think Altered Beasts, and I think oh, Super Street Fighter. Yeah, Super Street Fighter Two which is like my favorite game ever next to Sonic 2 on a Genesis. Then had a 32X. It didn't work. <laughs> they had to take it back. <laughs> my oh, pe- man. My mom that thing every- was a pain. Yeah, it, it was. I have it now emulated, so there were definitely some classics on it. Uh, so my mom could never get me a Nintendo 64. It was mm. always sold out. And people remember, people were scrapping in the toy store over the N64. So it wasn't really? working. Wow. Yeah, people remember some places they were like we were physically fighting over Nintendo 64. I believe it. Yeah, I believe my, it. My mom wasn't about that life. So like, we'll get you a 32. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I got a PlayStation 1. I, I remember my first job when I was 15. I saved up the exact amount of money for the system and the games. So it was like 1996 is when I got the PS1. No, 97, sorry. That's when I started working. So I got you had it. it before, you had it before I did. Oh, for real? Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a PS One until ninety nine. To be honest with you. Oh wow, you got it four years after the release. Yeah, I got it late, but okay. I didn't get it. Yep. So I got I think Tekken three. Uh, no, Tekken three wasn't even out yet. I got Tekken three later. Well, I forgot the first game I got with it. Um, I think it may have been like. No, Metal Gear, I didn't get that to like 99. I think it was just a long time ago. I'm talking like mm-hmm. 25 years ago. But I had a few, I got at least two games with it. And I had almost 30 games on my PS1 before I sold it. Um, I jumped right mm-hmm. into PS2. Yep. Um, obviously, PS2 is still next to the Dreamcast, my favorite system ever. And I didn't get PS3. I never getting the Sega Dreamcast. And I rocked with that for many years. It still worked. I should have kept it. I regret it now. I sold it. To, uh, oh, with that Dreamcast? Yeah, I sold it to uh, Yo, hold on. Sorry to cut you off, but I remember how amazed I was when I came over your house one day and you had a Dreamcast that was in perfect working condition in every game, too. Yep. It was even set up to emulate PS1 games. Yeah. That was crazy. I had and the, uh, the Bleamcast. I had the Bleamcast. Oh, man. I saw it Bleamcast. With like complete HD graphics, working with the uh, the the Dreamcast controller, and also had Tekken Three with like amped up perfect graphics. Yeah, and yeah, that, I, I know you regret selling that. I, I regret it too. Yeah, that was that's around the time I stopped gaming. I had sold practically everything, even my out of Genesis, Nintendo. Now I wish I kept it. So when I got back into gaming, 
because you gave me the 360. Remember, you sold me your Xbox 360. Oh yeah, when I when I when I yeah, I was in a I was in a hard financial way, and I had to get some money fast, so I had to get rid of that 360. Yeah, I think I gave you almost three four hundred dollars for that and all the games. Um, yeah. That's when I got back in the game. So let me backtracks so was PS1. At a Dreamcast through college and my early mm-hmm. professional years, got out of gaming. So I had to move out on my own. But when I actually was back in a, in a stable place, I bought the 360 from you. And I still have all those games, but I have the updated 360 now. I still play it from time to time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I went, so yeah, skip PS3 because PS3 was something for like six, seven hundred dollars, something like that at launch. It was like six. It was it was never more than six, but it was okay. the uh the original PS3, like the, the one with the bigger hard drive was like $600. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Nobody was paying that. And it was dying. It was worse than the 360. PS3s were dying more than the 360 was red, had red ring. So it's like, I'll stick with mm. Xbox 360 and went from that straight into a PS4. My co- old co-workers would clown me because I was still playing an Xbox 360 when the PS4 um, Xbox One was out. But I'm like, yo, that's mad money. But I remember I saved up like almost $600. I got a PS4 mm-hmm. with like four games. I still have a PS4, but I ended up getting the PC gaming in late 2019. I came mm. into a lot of money. And I spent about 1500 on my setup now. Um, I got it on a President's Day sale. So it should have been about $3,000 plus. But I got it half off. Because you, yeah, you built a... You messed around and built a, a freaking melt machine. <laughs> that thing is... <laughs> The specs on that thing out of control, yo. That's crazy. RTX 2060, I think eighth generation i7. Um, forget some of the other specs. It could run, it could emulate, I think, up to about PS4. So it's wow. pretty powerful. Wow. Um, I do want to get like a, a Ryzen graphics card, but it's hard to come by those right now because of the graphics. AMD. So you want to replace your you want to replace your graphics card with a with a with an AMD graphics card? Yeah, either the AMD Ryzen, which is ridiculous, or yeah. the uh, what is it, the 3080 RTX, um, mm. or something like that. By the way, those are hard to come by because of the graphics or just the computer the shortage. shortage. Just in general, yeah. and it's, it's even yeah. worse now than last year. So it's like, you know what? I'm good. I'll just... It's more of a want than a need. So for me, it's like, I'll wait until they're more in abundance and I can actually get one. It's actually funny that you say that. I mean, and this might help you out because this might be the route that I'm going because I'm going to be building a PC soon too. They took like micro centers. Someone in micro center told me that if you get all the PC parts, except for the, except for the graphics card and take it to the service department, they can get you a graphics card. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But, but you have to take it to the service department and have them build the PC. Okay. I mean, for me, that's probably like another year or two out. So, I mean, my computer still runs everything I throw at it. Right. You know, like, I'm playing Destiny 2 right now. I really got back into it heavy um, because of the Beyond Light campaign. So, I've been mm-hmm. putting a lot of hours into that. But now they have, like, three new campaigns, but you got to pay for every single one. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. In fact, let's talk about that, yo. We grew up in the days where the game was complete upon launch. Bugs and <laughs> all. You know, yeah. even fighting games, some yeah. characters were cheap, and that's the way it was. Nowadays, with gaming, like the young people are like, I mean, we're, only, we're not old. I mean, we're only like 38, but still, right. like, right. you know, we came up in the days of gaming where there wasn't gaming patches, there wasn't any downloadable content, aka DLC. Mm-hmm. The game was what it was. 
mm-hmm. know, but there wasn't even any seasons. It's, it was either because of Fortnite or I forget the game that introduced seasons to games now. Right, right. Even like Tekken 7 dropped in March 2017. So I remember I was recovering from surgery, still had foot surgery. I hobbled my way to the store and played that game for hours. Five mm-hmm. years later, they're still pumping out content for that game, which is crazy. Wow. That was yeah, unheard of. That's crazy, yeah. You know, unheard of. It's like you had the game and that's what it was, you know? Well, also, too, when we were younger, you know, it wasn't really the digital age. So the digital age and the Internet has made it so that people want microwave versions of everything. So companies realize that people constantly have to get um, they have they constantly have to feel like they're experiencing something new. So that's why, you know, when when triple a first person shooters and games come out they'll be like okay new season new season new season um and also i think the reason that you know games were complete when we were coming up is because again it was before the age of the internet and everything was a hard copy right so that means that if a if a developer was working on a game they would they would be they would have to get it to the point where it was 100% ready. Now, because the internet is so powerful, developers, you know, what, what happens is developers, they cave under the pressure of the shareholders. And the developers, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that most developers want to take their time with a game and bake it in the oven as long as possible before it actually releases. But then when you start getting the pressure from the shareholders and the people that are funding you, you know what I mean? You end up making the decision to put out a game before it's before it's really ready to go out. I mean, I mean, let's just say we're all thinking like the biggest example of that right now is Cyberpunk 2077. My gosh. That, and the game is a good game. It's not it's not a horrible game. It just needed more time to bake in the oven before, you know, before it was released because the game was the game came with all kinds of bugs and issue on, issues on the PC version, and the game didn't even launch on current-gen consoles. On console, it launched on the PS4 and Xbox One. And on the base PS4 and Xbox One, at launch, the game was almost unplayable. Like, unplayable. And the fact that the fact that CG, CD Projekt Red released it in that state, that's a tragedy, man. That's crazy, so. No, it is. Man, another like I'm thinking of a few more games. Remember Sea of Thieves on PC and Xbox? I never played that, but I hear it's amazing. I mean, they even have crossovers with like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yeah. So they do wow. a lot of crossovers with other properties that are like don't be surprised to even see for anime fans one piece characters making appearance <laughs> in Sea of Thieves. You got Luffy and this throwing wow. the crew. Uh, but that game was it was it wasn't complete. When it was released. right, right. Uh, Street Fighter Five is another example. I'm a huge Street Fighter fan. Yeah, but it so wasn't even I. worth it. There was no arcade mode. You know the the. Yeah, online... that was weird. I, I bought that game at launch and there was no arcade mode. I'm like, where's the arcade mode at? Yeah, and online it's still okay. It's not the greatest, you know. Um, gotcha. Or like even Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Oh, that game was horrible. It had the potential to be good because they just had a Capcom just got the license back with Marvel but they'd spent so much time on 
the goofball story that the game itself isn't as solid as it can be. It wasn't even a three-on-three we were spoiled with with Marvel's Capcom 2 and 3. You know mm. what I'm saying? And they had that stupid gem system for Marvel superheroes, which we didn't want that, you know? The gem, well, the, the Marvel superheroes wasn't a bad game, but I don't no, think that it, it wasn't. It doesn't work even, for yeah. it doesn't yeah. work for MVC, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So I mean, there's more games we can talk about that. In fact, yo, if you want to go back to the old school, remember ET? I know that game. I know the ET game. That was the Atari joint, right? Yeah, that game was horribly underdeveloped. So even before current gen, that was the original underdeveloped game so much to the point it crashed the video game industry and where oh, they, yeah that's right that's they, right they yep. threw all the cartridges yeah. in the landfill yep <laughs> that's California. right there's that's a whole documentary right. about it so i highly recommend yeah. people watch i think it's on hulu or it might be on like crack or one of the freer services um it was bad literally that nintendo saved the gaming industry in if it wasn't for nintendo gaming as we know would not even be here not at all. You because know. that game crash of 1983, people just le- legitimately lost interest in gaming. Yeah. Like nobody was buying video games. And then to this day, I can't even pinpoint why. But when the Nintendo Entertainment System came out in, in, in North America, it just caught on like wildfire. And then yeah. it kind of reignited the interest that people had in gaming at one point because it was just a better console. Yeah. I mean, the thing with before the Nintendo... Gaming at home was all about bringing the arcade experience home. Home, right. You know? yep. So, like, I mean, I'm going to take it way back. A lot of people are like ColecoVision. They're like, Coleco, what? <laughs> you know, uh, you had Atari 2600 and 7800. Uh, you had other systems. You had the Microsoft MSX 1 and 2. So before mm-hmm. the Xbox, Microsoft had the MSX in the late 70s, early 80s. And these were wow. all yeah. systems that focus on bringing the arcade experience home in the yep. mid nineties. So before I jump ahead. So when the gaming industry crashed, Nintendo created the whole idea of the home console. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't about mm-hmm. bringing the arcade home. It was like, no, these are games created for the home. So they had, so we had Mario brothers, well, super Mario brothers. We had Mario brothers, which is an arcade game. Strictly, but still fun. I, I can play that game for hours, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But then Super Mario Brothers took Mario and Luigi out of Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers, and now they're in this fictional mushroom kingdom and they're saving the princess. Typical story. Right. You right. Know? Um, right. That game is still hard to this day to play it straight through. Mad hard. I did it I've like only, I've only before. completed it like I think a few times since, since I was a kid, and I haven't touched it since. Yeah, I've Try to play it a handful of times this year. I'm like, yo, this game is so hard. I don't know how I did it as a kid. Even the Batman or the game on NES, remember? Your favorite. Oh, I love that game. That game is it, hard. It's, it's incredibly that. difficult, but I love that game. Ninja Gaiden is another one. Oh, my God. I've never beaten a Ninja Gaiden game on um on NES. I have. I did beat Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 on Xbox, though. Hmm. I did. Even Mega Man. I suck at Mega Man. Yeah, I've not, I've, I don't, I've never completed a Mega Man game. Those games are so difficult. That's, that's the other difference with games from when we were kids to now. The difficulty level was ridiculous. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, if you if you weren't up to the challenge, games would chew you alive. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, yo, man. there was many a times in Street Fighter Two when M Bison will keep beating me 
for two hours in a row and I wanted to throw my controller against the wall, but I had better judgment because my mom would get mad at me if I threw my controller against the wall. But yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's why games like Cupman um, for Xbox and PC, that's why the game is so difficult. It harkens back to the day when mm-hmm. games were just ridiculously hard for no reason. Right, right. You know? wow. Whereas like PlayStation introduced the save point. Well, PC games introduced it, but PlayStation brought it to like the home console. Yeah, with with memory cards. Yeah, people like memory. What? <laughs> it's like <laughs> yes, there was a time when you had memory cards and you kept them in a safe space <laughs> to save your. It, it was progress. like it was pointless to buy a PlayStation if you didn't have a memory card because you were never going to complete a game. Exactly, and it was also necessary for games like Tekken or fighting games or any game. Because you stored extra characters or games right. like the old school SmackDown wrestling game before there was WWE 2K. You would create your characters, all four of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. on the first one, but you saved them on the memory card. If not, it was a waste. You would lose your characters, you would lose your progress. You know what I'm saying? It was a different time. Yeah, you know? it was definitely a different time. I I mean, as I, I love gaming now and how how far it's come. But there are times when I kind of miss the simplicity of retro gaming. You know what I mean? Like the, just the simplicity of it. Like some of the greatest games I've ever played, I played in the 90s, to be honest with you. Um, like, you know, like Metal Gear Solid, for example. Up until I played Metal Gear Solid, the first Metal Gear Solid, every video game I had ever played was pretty cut and dry. You know what I mean? Like there was a premise, you go from level to level to level and you beat the game. Not not that that's bad, but that's just what it was. Metal Gear Solid was the first video game I ever played that was that had a deep story, a rich narrative and full motion cutscenes. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that in a video game before. Like full like full voice acting and the story was just incredible. I think that's the one video game I've beaten more times than any other video game I've ever played. Like, it's just incredible. And then that was kind of the, the first thing that kind of ushered this wave of video games with really, really good stories. I think that that's, that's another thing that I think that gamers need to be aware of is at this point, gaming is not just a novelty anymore. Video games are, are, are uh, are, they're, they're a medium of real art. You can tell real stories. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, people who write movies, you can tell real stories through a video game. Only difference is when you're playing a video game, you're actively participating. When, a, when you're watching a movie, you're passively participating. You know That's true. Like so. you sent me the documentary about Metal Gear um, when it started on the Microsoft MSX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so people can get their hands on. Well, if you can find a Microsoft MSX and not blow your bank account, or you I've know, never even see, I've never even seen one of those. I've seen a picture of it, but I never actually seen yeah. it. Even in the throwbacks with like sudden impact or replay. Shout out to them here in Massachusetts. Right. Uh, I've never seen a Microsoft MSX one or two, but seeing like how even on that was an eight bit console mm-hmm. and the storytelling he had on that, even Ninja Gaiden. The cutscene mm. at the beginning is amazing. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. Ninja, Ninja Gun had cutscenes on the NES. I remember. Yeah, yeah. But Metal Gear Solid literally changed the gaming industry. Yeah. It introduced the whole idea of the AAA game, yeah. which is like yeah. you're playing a movie, literally. Yeah. You know, 
Um, yeah. Like Hideo Kojima, I remember from the documentary, they were saying he went to school for film, right? Um, so he, he wasn't even intending to get into gaming. He, he did that as a hobby, playing Super Mario Brothers, and that's how he, he got into game development. Yeah, and he changed everything. Yeah. Know? But I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm trying, I'm replaying Metal Gear Solid now. I'm going to beat it. <laughs> how are you, wait, how are you, oh, on, a, on RetroArch or something? Yeah, I'm playing it through RetroArch because with RetroArch you can actually have achievements as well. Okay, got yeah, it. So I'm, so I'm playing it. I'm motivated to also not only beat it but get all the achievements through retroachievements.com. Highly recommend gotcha. it. Recommend people if you do game emulation, definitely get an account with retroachievements. It just brings retro game gaming in line with the modern day idea of you're gaining achievements. Getting achievements, yeah. Yeah. So it's extra incentive. Because Metal Gear is hard. Because if you get, if you don't save, was it Meryl, right? The female soldier, you get the bad ending, if I'm correct. Yeah, you get the bad end. Spoiler alert for anybody who's watching this. If you go, if you, if you ever play Metal Gear Solid, there's a part where you're being tortured. And if you give into the torture, one of the main characters that you come up with dies and you get the bad ending. But if you survive the torture, she, the, the character survives and you get the good ending. But yeah. Fact, Metal Gear Solid's on the PlayStation Classic, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's it's the one reason to own a PlayStation Classic because I heard that I heard that mini console is garbage. Per like that's what I've heard. Yeah, so I mean, if people don't want to go the emulation route to feel funny about it. That in itself, that's a whole. That's we should do an episode in emulation. Yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole nother. That's a whole yeah. other episode. I don't have a, a problem topic. with it. So if you if you've owned the game or if it's hard to find, I don't personally have an issue with emulation. Right. If you're, if right. you're doing it and you're reselling it, I'm not cool with that. You know, don't resell it. It's like, come on, man, that's not cool. Wait, um, you're getting emulated games to resell them? Yeah, if people like selling ROMs. I don't agree with that. It's like, don't resell the ROMs. That's, I don't. The other thing is, who is who? Who would actually buy it? You could find the ROMs for free online. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, there are people who actually will buy the ROMs, you know, unless you like the actual company like Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, I feel funny about you reselling uh, a 40 year old game for like $60. Like, come on, man. Mm. You know, though on the Switch, you can get the, uh, if you have an account, it's like what, $15 right. a year, you can play classic NES and SNES games on the Switch. Um, wow. So I, I do, I play those on the Switch every now and again. Um, but to, back to the main part of the conversation right now, it's just like Metal Gear, games like Metal Gear Solid changed the way gaming is. Shenmue, for those who remember. Oh that, my God, Shenmue. Yeah. Shenmue, that brought it to a whole nother level. The game's 20 years old. Shenmue 3 dropped, uh, was it late 2019? Um, I still have to get mm -hmm. to beat it. Just the game is so long. I haven't had time to really play that game. In right, depth right. But Shen Mood changed the whole idea of gaming because you can literally you would wake up, you would train in the park, you would talk to mad characters, fill out a journal to try to figure out the next clue. You there was a, a day and night cycle. Up, <laughs> get a part-time job. Yeah. You had a girl who you had a crush on, and she liked you. Spoiler alert, they don't get together, but you can actually call her the middle of the day at her job, you know. Uh, you had to like rescue people. You would fight against gangs. You would know. I mean, you could go to the bar at night after work. Have a drink. <laughs> yep. Go to the arcade and literally play games within a game. 
I'm like, yo, Shenmue was amazing. That's how you get Yakuza. The crazy thing about Shenmue is that everything you just described, Shenmue made it mandatory to go through all those things before you even progressed. Most games make those things optional. Yeah. Shenmue is like, no, you got to talk to people. You got to talk to your girlfriend. You got to, you got to like, it's, it's almost like virtually you're living an actual life. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And Shenmue, like a 24 hour cycle in Shenmue took an hour to play through. And then, Mm. so just to give people perspective, how long, and this before 30 hours plus was the Norman gaming Shenmue introduces concept. It took me about, I was on spring break and it took me the whole week, about eight hours a day playing Shenmue. So eight mm-hmm. times seven, that's like, I'm just like at math, 40, 48, 56 hours. It took me about 56 hours to beat Shenmue. To Shenmue? Yeah. The little real play every day for eight hours. And that was mm. like eight days in Shenmue's uh, real time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how long it took me to beat Shenmue. So that was 20 years ago on the Sega Dreamcast, Mm -hmm. ahead of its time. But now, like like I said, that's that's just like a drop in the bucket. Like, we used to have Destiny 2 before we started recording. Destiny 2, hundreds of hours of gameplay. That's just the campaign. We're not talking side missions. We're not talking... Not not even the DLC, just the main campaign. Exactly. You know, even like Horizon Zero Dawn, which I still have even been scratched the surface with that. Red Red Dead Redemption 2, same thing. Just you need time to invest in these single so single player games now are an experience, essentially. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you know, like side note, Horizon Zero Horizon Zero Dawn just went up on pre-order. Oh, yeah, the sequel, right? I mean, not Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm sorry, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. It just went up on pre-order on PlayStation. Well, I better beat the first one then. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know I didn't beat the first one yet either. Yeah, I've barely scratched the surface with the first game. So it's like back in the day, you can play Mario Brothers in a handful of hours and beat it, or even like Sonic, you know, about 16 mm-hmm. hours you can beat it. That's that's like just the intro or barely the intro in today's games. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5, it's been out what, seven years, eight years? Oh my God. Like, GTA 5 might be the only video game I've ever seen to spend three console generations because it came out originally in like 2013 on the 360 and PS3 mm-hmm. and people are still playing it on the PS4 and I'm hearing that before GTA 6 comes out it's going to get re-released again on the Xbox Series X and PS5 wow that's what that's what I've heard so. they, they just dropped new online content for like another I guess the way the online works, you can either just talk to your friends and start trouble, or you can like play the actual online story mode. Yeah, GTA Online, GTA Online stays getting updated. It's like a thriving community. It's so crazy. Like I've seen gameplay of it on Twitch. Um, Code Miko, shoutouts to her. I love her channel. She's with Code. Here's the, even with gaming today. Who would have thought game streaming? Right? She's a graphic designer who created a whole character and her Mm. character is a 3d girl who lives in her own world and she voices the character in real time wow technology out of control and that's so crazy her show it's it's 14 plus Uh, if you're not if you're a little kid don't but code miko she's hilarious i love watching the channel and there are now other people who play like 
anime characters that they talk live. So you don't know what they really look like, but they play mm. a character and they're game streaming, playing a game or just chatting. It's 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 a whole new world. Because in fact, take people back. The original idea of game streaming started with the Sega channel. Remember the Sega channel? I think I remember the Sega channel vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. Back yeah. in 1993, yeah. you can watch footage of it through YouTube, or even if you can find the ROM of it, it you know, you can see what it looked like. You can literally mm. stream games through a 56K modem that took forever to load up. But oh you my can gosh. stream like Road Rash, Song the Hedgehog, or Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Mm. You can chat with your friends. Uh, you can watch um, upcoming games on it. Sega in general, they were ahead of their time with everything. The Sega CD, yeah. the Sega Channel, the 32X was one of the yeah. first uh, 32-bit um, consoles on the market. Even the Dreamcast, we mentioned Shenmue. The style of game was, was ahead of its time. The whole idea of the VMU, remember... You can play games on the VMU. The little memory card with the little with the with the screen on it. I remember. Yeah, that was the Dreamcast. Really was ahead of its time too. Yeah. Dreamcast was dope. Even had a, a built-in microphone. Yeah, yeah. Be like we talking to people. Or remember the game? Uh, what was the game with the weird fish character? Seaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he could actually communicate with you. You had to clean his yeah. once a week. I saw a commercial. I'm like, what kind of game is this? I had it. That game was weird. I tried it, but I I didn't play for a full two weeks. I logged back in. The tank was completely dirty, and they died. Oh, gosh. Another time I played it, he got mad, and he, he swam away. He evolved and swam away since I didn't communicate with him enough. So it was ahead of his time. The only thing I didn't like about the Dreamcast was they had a lack of action titles. They had an overwhelming amount of fighting and racing games. That's why I loved it. <laughs> fighting, sports, and racing, you couldn't, you couldn't go wrong with the Dreamcast. But anything like Metal Gear Solid, those were hard to come by on, on the Dreamcast. But other than that, Dreamcast was an amazing console. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted action games, you really had Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, Shenmue 1, if you had the uh, the the... Dreamcast console that can like play like bootleg games. You can get the European version. I had the European version of it. I was able to sideload it essentially. Uh, I spent all my time on Dreamcast really playing 2K. Like oh, yeah, the, early, yeah. the early 2K games. Those, those like we used to 2K and Soul Cow. Me and my cousins used to go ham on those like all day. Yeah, I remember it's funny. Back in the day, it was like, yo, it's so realistic. We look at it now, it's like, man, that game doesn't even look like it's dated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, 2K today, that looks realistic. Yeah. Like graphically, yeah. The face motions, the way they play, even the commentary, you can put it on simulation. You would think you was watching a real game. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a so, fact. I'll be honest. I personally, I think 2K back then was more fun. Um, yes, no, I agree. I agree. Like, you know, I, I have those memories of bringing my Dreamcast to my boy's house and bringing my Dreamcast to, to my cousin's house or going to my cousin's house and him pulling up his Dreamcast. And like, but you got to remember, it was a simpler time in life. This was before, you know, we became adults and had responsibilities and worries and we're always worrying about like 
you know, feeding ourselves and paying rent and stuff. This was a simpler time where we could just go and spend hours in a day in the summertime just gaming, right? Like, I can remember just being up in that room with my cousins for hours and we're just doing a little tournament on 2K. Like, yo, you gonna, like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I got winners. I got winners, like, you know, when you lose, pass me the sticks and we getting it. So yeah, good times, man. Yeah, I remember the one time I went to your aunt's house, right? For Thanksgiving. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, mad, yeah. her house was huge, mad rooms. And we was playing mm-hmm. 2K for like mad hours after we ate. Yeah, that's all we did. That's yeah. all we did when we had like during the Dreamcast era. Yeah. It was just 2K. Crazy. For me, that was uh, Soul Caliber, my freshman year of college. We were after school. As the classes were done in Northeastern, we would just play Soul Calibur for like four, five, six hours. Even the girls played Soul Calibur. Like literally, we just like whoever was the winner, they'll hold on to the controller. You right. Know? I remember one time I was smacking everybody. The controller was going around. So somebody picked people realized Nightmare was dumb cheap. So to get me off the sticks, they picked Nightmare to beat me. Oh my gosh. Nightmare was the Eddie Gordo of Soul Calibur. <laughs> Nightmare was was that the guy with like the huge broadsword or um yeah him and him and Siegfried so yeah Siegfried so Nightmare was like another version of Siegfried I remember yeah yep. and Nightmare yep. was more powerful though wow yeah so Nightmare was like I say he's the Eddie Gordo of um of of Soul Calibur because remember mm. Eddie Gordo gets butt mash and like and beat everyone yeah but yeah, act- yeah. I actually learned how to play as Eddie Gordo I actually learned his combos. And people mm. in the 80s actually knew how to play at something. They thought it was button match. I'm like, nah, I knew exactly what I was doing. It's because you're right. Even back then, when I had more time, I would master the combos in Street Fighter or Tekken or like right. Mortal Kombat 3. You know, right. I, got, I got that, that kind of time now. It's like to be in training mode for hours. I'll be, yo, I'll barely get, get through playing through a game once. Same. I have games. A lot of times. So this is why I've slowed down and buying so many games. I have games that are still in the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> games like I have games that I've downloaded that I haven't even touched yet. So I know. Yeah. yeah. Like I have Legend of Zelda Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is game of the year on the Switch, I think 2019 or 2018. Never played it. I've had it since. I I heard that game is amazing if you're a Zelda fan. Yeah, That's I've had amazing. it since probably January last year. I think it was wow. my birthday present to myself last year. Um, pre-pandemic still in the plastic because mm. <laughs> I just don't have the time. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's the thing with gaming today. It's like, uh, if you're an adult, you do it, you know, to, cause it's a hobby, you know, but then now you, now is also talking about game streaming is also, it's also the era of the professional gamer. Yeah, literally, yeah. like I follow a few uh Call of Duty gamers like Dr. Disrespect, uh, mm. Nick Mertz, Tim the Tapman. For example, Tim the Tapman, he just left Twitch, right? And he has like a multi million dollar YouTube gaming contract. Wow, like that's crazy. Him and Dr. Lupo just signed exclusive contracts with YouTube, and YouTube got out of gaming, but they're getting back into it because people are now leaving. Twitch for different reasons. That's a whole nother wow. podcast in itself. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, Twitch is interesting. I, I I love Twitch still, but yeah, 
we'll talk crazy. about that another time. But people are now jumping onto either Facebook or YouTube for gaming and they're making millions of dollars. Who would have thought you could be a multi-millionaire? Like Dr. Disrespect is a multi-millionaire. This dude does gaming. And it's funny, he'll wear a wig and a fake mustache. <laughs> and there's and there's different ways to make money yeah. off gaming. You could start a YouTube channel, you could have a Twitch channel, or if you're if you're good enough. You could get in that major league gaming, like professional competitive gaming. Yeah. Like people do it with Counter-Strike. They do it with Call of Duty. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure they probably do it with every major first-person shooter. Yeah, they do it with Valorant, um, Fortnite, yeah. um, Overwatch. Uh, and Call of Duty is split. You have Warzone, professional gamers. Yep. You have the Call of Duty League, which does the, the multiplayer. multiplayer. Though more people give more love and attention to Warzone because once again, people like Tim the Tapman and Dr. Disrespect are hilarious. They provide witty banter and they're literally like almost caricatures of who they really are. Right. Call of Duty League is more intense, you know? Oh no, I I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, there's actually, there's a lot of controversy over sexual harassment last year um, in the gaming scene, especially around counter-strike and call of duty unfortunately really yeah yeah that's man that's another podcast in itself man there's ongoing lawsuits with that right now so gaming is different man it's mainstream once again there's a lot of money to be had in it full-time and there are people who get into it who aren't even real gamers (laughs) just because they know you can get famous um, There's a lot to talk about. For those of y'all that are watching, stay tuned. We're going to have some juicy, juicy episodes. And There's so much that we can talk about. I'm pretty sure we're going to have like a lot of different ideas about episodes. But this is more of just an introductory episode just to kind of kind of get our feet wet. But this is exciting. You know what I mean? A podcast about gaming and how it impacts us as people, I think, is that's dope, man. So, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of like two quarters. Like you put in your two cents. You put exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's a word on, it's a, what's it call it? Play on words. The play on words. Yeah, yep. exactly. I mean, literally back in the day, you had at least two or three rolls. If you're a serious gamer in the arcade back in the day, you got at least 20 to $30 worth of quarters. Like spend thirty dollars at the arcade, being there for hours. Literally, like unfortunately, like we live in Massachusetts, most arcades we knew of are closed. Like there were, yeah, they're gone. There was one called Round One in the South Shore that just closed in like early, no, late twenty twenty. Unfortunately, uh, there was one in under Massachusetts New Hampshire borderline where they met. Uh, you and I went there a handful of times in Pelham, New Hampshire. That it's closed. gone now? Yeah, that closed in 2019. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, there was that one. pandemic hit everybody hard. There was a couple in downtown, but those closed like in the early 2000s. Um, yeah. The only arcades, quote unquote, are either in amusement parks or in uh, like, like Dave and Busters. Right, right. But like the games right. we would play, like fighting games or racing games, like the mm-hmm. real competitive ones, those kind of arcades are rare in America, unfortunately. So I would definitely- places you just gotta look and like do research. I, I, there's a bar in Rhode Island that does that has retro arcade games. Okay, 
I know there is Platinum City Gaming in Taunton for those living in Massachusetts, Eastern Mass. They have like consoles. They even do like Smash Brothers tournaments, Tekken tournaments. I believe uh, it. I've yet to check them out, but they also even have the latest arcade cabinet. So they're on my radar to check out one of these days. I believe um, it. I would love to have an episode talking about Japanese culture because it's still on my radar post-COVID mm. to go to Japan for like two weeks at least because they have whole towns that are just gaming. Just arcades, pretty yeah, much. Literally yeah. arcades. They even have there's a Nintendo restaurant where you can order like a dessert and it looks like a power-up mushroom. But it's a kidding? Are you kidding? No, I'm not. It's a it's a Nintendo restaurant. I might have to go with you when you when you go on that trip. Hey, save up a few G's, man. I, I just make it happen. I might have to go with you because I've always wanted to go to Japan too. That's they crazy. Have, they have a Nintendo themed amusement park in Japan, but they're opening one in Florida next year in Universal Studios. Wow. It's all Nintendo. It'd be called Nintendo Land. Mm. So instead of like um, go karts, it'd be Mario Kart go karts. Stuff playing like Mario that. Kart in real life. Yeah, man. So only thing that's missing is the is the turtle shell where you can shoot it <laughs> on the carts. Exactly. So so yeah, man. This is like yeah. This is just the introduction, y'all. There'll be more down the line. We'll try to do this week w- weekly to every two weeks, you know. And they'll like mm-hmm. say there there'll be more more guests. Like we're the main dudes, but we have guests on it, uh, men and women who are gamers and kids to talk about gaming. Like I said, like like Mark said, we'll get into even some we'll of the get into stuff. a lot. Yeah, we'll get into light stuff, fun stuff, and even heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, there's a lot. Gaming isn't just uh, something that that unfortunately what's it called it neck neck beard having. Uh, mouth breathing, <laughs> living right, in Thomas right, basement, right. you know, with Cheeto stains on the shirts. Nah, gamers come in all shapes and sizes and and backgrounds. And that that's another thing I want to say too. And I I, I want to do this episode at some point, Twiz. I definitely want to do an episode about the common misconceptions that non gamers have about gamers. It happens so much, like. Yeah. And it's more than and it's more than you know, the the stuff that you just described. There are a lot of common misconceptions that people who don't play video games have about people who play video games. So yeah, yeah, yeah this is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good experience, and I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be crazy because video games aren't a waste of time. It's just a hobby, you know. Like Mark and I would tell you, we handle our business first. Like Mark's married, I'm not, but Mark focuses on his family first. You know, saving his money. You know, he had this music ministry, you know, and this, and this ministry in general, you know, and he works a, a day job. But when he has free time, he's gaming, you know? That's a fact. You know? <laughs> I, was playing, I was playing, I was playing uh, before, but, I mean, this morning, early, I was, what was I playing? I was playing the DLC, the new DLC for, for Ghost of Tsushima. I got to play that game. That, you're going to, if if you're into, like, Japanese and samurai culture, you'd love Ghost Which of Tsushima. I, am. I think it's on PS Now right now. For streaming is it i think it is okay yeah i'm gonna have to jump into that um yeah man so yeah for me same thing like i have a lot on my plate you know uh but i tell people when i have downtime i game it's relaxing for me mm-hmm. even the most it's intense it's therapeutic. Thing, like, like call of duty looks intense for most people they mm-hmm. don't think it's intense but for me that's relaxing or like i was playing destiny 2 to like two in the morning the other night 
it's just mm. relaxing taking out hordes of bad guys and being a hero in the galaxy <laughs> mm. you know what I'm saying or like playing Injustice 2 when you're playing as your favorite DC characters or- I actually really like that game Injustice 2 yeah that's doing that TMNT what I geeked out man in yeah. 2018 they dropped TMNT and the rumor is Netherrealm was working on a Marvel fighting game really yeah like strictly Marvel yeah but wait, didn't didn't Capcom get the rights to Marvel? No, Capcom doesn't have the license anymore. I thought wait, I thought they I, I thought they regained it. Nope. Recently. After nope. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, they don't have it. Unless you know something I don't know. But last I checked, Marvel has a deal with Netherrealm. At first, people uh-huh. thought it was gonna be a DC versus Marvel game, which I want that to happen, but uh, DC versus Marvel. That would the, be there is an un, unofficial DC versus Marvel Mugen PC fighting game, but they'll come right. back another time. I love Mugen. Mark knows I've been doing Mugen or Mugen since that, 2014. I'm a Mugen hobbyist. That's the uh, that's the joint. That's the app or the game where like you can throw literally anybody into your own custom made fighting game. That's yeah. crazy. I literally have a build. It's 800 characters from every every fighting game anime and comic and movie you can imagine so anyways this land is playing we can go on for like another hour so that's yeah so we'll be back next episode um don't know what we'll be discussing yet but we'll have more of an actual focus uh the next coming episodes oh yeah don't worry we'll have a lot of stuff to discuss like i, I can tell you right now twiz i'm gonna send you a bunch of ideas of stuff i think we should talk about so for our viewers, if you're into gaming, know that this is going to be a podcast that you're going to want to look forward to. Believe me. Yeah, we'll be on Mixcloud, YouTube, Spotify, Google. I mean, any place you get your podcasts, you know, Overcast.fm, Anchor, we'll be on it. You know what I'm saying? We'd rather do audio or video. So definitely mm-hmm. follow us. Uh, and yeah, be more to come. So let's do it. Till next time, we'll continue to put our two quarters in. Peace.